What's the best game ever published about quilt making? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, the game Spotlight shines on a game that brings a very unusual theme to the table. It's called Patchwork. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. Back to join me this week is Holly Wider. And for the first time on the Snakes cast, Lisa Wecklich. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming. So, um, do you guys uh, ever make quilts? Yes. <laughs> I have once or twice. Oh, wow. You've done actual quilt making. Actual quilt making. Real actual quilt making, crafting type stuff. Yes. I'm a big nerd about crafting things. Awesome. You must have been really excited when you heard that there was a real actual game about this. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much my favorite game. <laughs> it's like you know, when, when the bean farmer finds out that Bonanza exists yeah. and there's a game about bean farmer. It's like, oh my god. Um, so all right, I'm definitely going to be asking you about the theme and how well For this sure. manages to simulate that when we come towards the end. How about you, Holly? Any crafty type stuff? I made a quilt once, but it wasn't a real quilt. It was like I knit a quilt. Oh. So it was a, took a long time, but it looks cool. That's that. That's super crafty. Yeah. I uh, I was in a theater course and did some costuming and made some clothes, which was kind of sort of. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I have tremendous respect for people who can do this sort of thing because it turns out I didn't have much talent for it myself. But uh, the chance to actually play a game where I get to bring that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many games out there about zombies and yeah, whatever. of course. It's nice to see something different. So uh, when you heard of this game. You were you were you were intrigued by the theme. Were you expecting it to involve like needles and threads and stuff or I was kind of hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got games like kids games like uh, Ready Set Spaghetti where you've got you know, yes. threads and stuff twirling yeah. around forks. Yeah. I don't know. I I wasn't sure what to expect. I just heard that there are buttons involved and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that you pay for stuff with stuff for stuff with buttons is uh-huh. actually one of the first things that I mentioned yeah. to this game. Buttons are your currency mm-hmm. here. Uh, the fact that Uwe Rosenberg was the designer of yeah. this game is also a bit of a big deal. You're a fan of his games, right? Yeah, I didn't even know until I like started playing it and realized that most of the games that I play are by him. So <laughs> that's great. This is the guy who brought us Agricola mm-hmm. and La Havre oh, yes. and all these heavy-duty yeah. European-style games about turning things into other things which are worth points. And seeing him return to, I mean, I mentioned Bonanza earlier on. That was the Nouvelle Rosenberg game as well. Uh, Seeing him turn his eye back to games with quirky themes and simple rules was uh, something that was really exciting for me. So this game had a lot to live up to when I first heard about it. Um, Have you had the chance to play it? Yes. Yes. Many times. All right. Have you introduced a lot of other people to it as well? Oh yeah, for sure. It's and, definitely something that I suggest for for two two players, especially if they're looking for something more exciting than just like, hey, let's sit and talk. <laughs> yeah. It's for two players only, right? Yeah. yeah. It really does put itself in an interesting place as far as couples too, I think. You introduce this game to a lot of couples at Snakes and Lattes, I find, and it usually yes. goes over well mm-hmm. because it is such an unusual sort of theme, a place where, we're, okay, we're not playing Battleship, we're not playing Guess Who, this is, this is going to be different. So generally speaking, when you tell people that you've got a game for them about competitive quilt making, how do they respond? Uh, we get a lot of weird looks, and people that don't think that that's going to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Does it help to, uh, it's, how, do you, how can you bring them across? How can you get people into the idea of trying this weird themed game? Uh, I sell it kind of like Tetris, or having to fit all of those pieces into weird shapes or weird shaped pieces mm-hmm. into spaces. And that seems to sell it a bit better than quilt making. Everybody likes Tetris, right? Yeah, exactly. 
I personally just show them the actual game because I think it's just, it looks really neat. Like the actual game, the, the design of it, mm-hmm. it just looks really neat. And then I'll be like, yeah, and this is how it works. And they seem to, seem to buy into it. <laughs> Let's get into the look of the game a little mm-hmm. bit then. Let's start to get into the details. All right, so you've gotten over that hump. You've, through the sheer force of your personality and force of saying, and you use buttons to pay for stuff, you've gotten people to trust you enough to actually try this game. They've got it set up in front of them. What are they going to see? It was really interesting, actually, the first time I saw it set out. It's just like a bunch of pieces in a circle. And where the like main, I guess, piece, whatever you'd call that, pawn, is affects which ones you can actually buy. And like as you're buying pieces, you move it in the circle. And it just... That pawn is a really crucial part of the design of this game. I mean, yeah. it's seeing uh, this huge circle going all the way around the table of all of these weird tetrisy shaped cloth bits with mm-hmm. little patterns on them and stuff, actual pieces that you're going to put into this quilt. That would be too much if it weren't for the fact that there's this one little piece that goes around. And and, and that one sort of constrains your options, right? It gets kind of frustrating only getting to choose from those certain pieces. Because if your opponent moves the pawn and you really wanted that one that was right beside it, you have to wait until it comes all the way back around. (laughs) But in a way, it also helps too, especially when people are first starting. Because it's only the three pieces that are right next to it that they have Mm -hmm. to worry about. And all the rest of it, they can just sort of set aside for now. I mean, yes, they're there. They're looking awesome. They're being pretty and stuff. (laughs) But they don't have to worry about remembering all these other things. It's just the three that are right next to it. And uh, so, all right. So we've got the circle of Tetrisy shaped bits in all different cloth patterns on them. And in addition to that, each player's got uh, their own little grid in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So you add all the pieces that you get onto this grid. And it is kind of like Tetris, like Lisa was saying. Mm-hmm. But you have to like place the pieces, and that's where they stay. You've quilted them on there, so you kind of have to figure out where things are going to go without making too many holes. So that's interesting. And you mentioned uh, the frustration that comes up. How many times have you put a piece down and then two turns later realized, oh, that's not where I wanted that piece to be? That was a terrible idea, and it should not be there. <laughs> but you sewed it onto your quilt, so now you're stuck with it. And that permanency, I think, also does a lot to sort of endear people to this game because mm-hmm. you don't have to go back and second guess your, mm-hmm. your choices. It's like, mm-hmm. what's done is done. Yeah. So you picked out your piece. You know exactly where you wanted to go. It's the perfect piece. What do you have to do to get it? You have to pay with the buttons. So you pay your buttons to the bank, I guess, and you get your piece, and then you can sew it onto your quilt square. And then there's also the question of time. Mm-hmm. which is the other currency you pay for things with in this game. Yeah, I also think it's really fun to to say like, oh, you 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 have to realize that when you quilt something, it takes time to quilt it. Depending so on like, the size of the piece, it'll take you maybe a bit longer to quilt it. It's uh, I just think it's a really neat concept to add to the game. The the thing I love about using time as well as money in the form of the buttons, which is your money in this game, is that you can always earn more money. Mm-hmm. But once you've spent time it's gone, <laughs> and you can never get it back. Yeah. And that little board that keeps track of how much time you both have left, it just goes down and down and down, mm-hmm. and once both players are out of time, that's game. That's, I guess, probably in a way, that's the part that feels most like actual quilting, is the fact that the, the time <laughs> you have to spend doing stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's always this really time-consuming process. How, do you, I mean, how many hours did it wind up taking you to do your last project? Oh, like weeks and weeks of effort. <laughs> <sighs> And there's and there's no getting around it either. I mean, that's 
that's just the nature of the beast. You know, you want to do something, it's going to be nice, it's going to take time. <laughs> Did you find that, um, that the game sort of managed to actually evoke that feeling of never having enough time to do what you want to do? Yes. I find that at first I was kind of rushing around the time track because I was like, oh, if I get to the middle first, then I'll win. And then I realized that you have to wait for the other person to also get to the middle. And then you count up how many buttons and money you have. Being able to pick pieces that fit better in the quilt without worrying about how much time I was going around the board and making sure that I got pieces that fit well better than pieces that would get me closer to the middle faster. Because having holes left in your quilt at the mm, end is horrible. Serious detriment. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants a quilt with holes in it at the end. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you count your points at the end of the game? How do we know who won? Uh, it's the amount of buttons that you get. Uh, <laughs> how you end up with buttons is how many points you end up getting. And whoever has the most buttons wins, but you also have to subtract two buttons for every hole in your quilt. Oh, no. And you wind up with a ton of those. <laughs> it's, as a matter of fact, one of the things that I find with a lot of new players is that often they wind, they both wind up with a negative score. Yeah. And it's just whoever was the least negative winds yeah. up playing. Have you guys ever had a positive score? I, I, I can I can actually not honestly say that I've ever had a positive score playing Patchwork. Really? Yeah. I have always had a positive score. <laughs> I think that's probably your crafting experience yes, coming in here. Yes. It's clearly an unfair really advantage. <laughs> How about you? Oh, no. I, I think maybe I've had, like, plus two, and that was it. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hey, at least I was positive, right? <laughs> so in some ways, the, um, the big sticking point in Patchwork is that uh, there's, this, there's this thing where the first player to make a full 7x7 seven seven square inside their quilt that has no holes in it gets this giant 7-point bonus. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems to be like a really big thing in this game. I am going to ask you, as experienced patchwork players, have you ever won a game where you didn't get that big seven-point bonus? Has that ever happened? Yes. <gasps> but the other person didn't get the seven-point bonus. So I think that's the only reason that I oh, won. Oh, neither of you got it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Holly? I don't think I've ever gotten the seven-point bonus. <laughs> I'm just really bad at quilting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe if it were uh, maybe if it were knitting instead of quilting, probably. It would yeah. <laughs> but there's definitely a lot of holes in my actual quilt, so that makes sense. Why? <laughs> Why? Those would be a feature, not a bug, if it were a knitting yeah. sort of setup. But um, yeah, it's uh, it seems so important to be able to get that, and that's one of the things that I'm actually kind of uh, concerned about as far as the long term playability of the game. Is it something that you think you know, over time you might just sort of get a little bit bored with it because it's just a race to get that big seven points and after that it's kind of game over or does it do you think it's going to uh, have legs despite that I think more importantly than getting the seven point bonus is having buttons on your quilt because mm -hmm. I found that when I didn't have buttons on my quilt that I get paid for when I pass those button markers on the time tracker mm. then I was really strapped for cash I guess mm. because you can't buy the pieces that you want to put on your quilt to fill up those spaces so being able to get paid more on each of those things makes it a lot easier than just the seven-point bonus. That's one of the things we didn't mention, actually, that uh, during the game, as you're moving along the time track, you do get your button income mm -hmm. periodically. And how much button income you get depends, like Lisa was saying, on uh, how many actual little pictures of buttons you've got in your quilt. So the pieces, the Tetrisy pieces that have buttons on them are super important. Yeah. Yes. Also super expensive, and your opponent's totally not <laughs> going to make it easy for you to get hold yeah. of those. 
especially in the early game. Do you tend to go for those early on or? I try and get them right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But of course you're both trying to get them right (laughs) away. So it's not any easier. And then what about the little patches as well? The, uh, there's these little one square pieces, which are super useful for filling in those obnoxious little hard to reach places, Mm -hmm. but you only get them if you're way ahead in time, which means that you're kind of rushing forward. (laughs) Do you tend to go for the patches or sort of let the other player have them as you're filling in uh, the pieces you need and sort of taking your time? Uh, I find they're helpful if I get to them first, but I don't make it a point to make sure that I get them because then I'm just rushing around the track and not, I don't seem to find the pieces that are actually more helpful. Right. So it's kind of a, a short-term game, long-term pain sort of thing if right. you try and rush for them. Mm-hmm. And that's part of your winning strategy. All right. It's a secret. I'm going to keep this in mind. This is secret tech <laughs> for playing patchwork. Yes. No, I don't, I, I don't go for them either, but they definitely help a lot. And it's hard to make a, a, your quilt and be like, oh, I'll just get one of the squares here. So I'll just leave that open because then you mm-hmm. have to plan way in advance. And I find <laughs> that never works for me. I try not to leave spaces that are specific to a certain shape mm. because I find that my opponent's going to take that right, shape. Right, right. If you have like a little L shape yeah. that is, would be perfect for this, then your opponent sees that and they know they can't <laughs> let you get the little yeah, L shape. Exactly. Clever. Even when you've introduced this game to your friends or to people at the cafe, mm-hmm. have they responded well as you did? Yeah, no, everyone that I've actually played it with or have introduced it has really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, it's it, it's been a real crowd pleaser for me as well. Again, especially with couples, mm-hmm. I find that uh, the the cute theme does a lot to sort of disarm the intimidation mm-hmm. factor that a lot of people would have about playing a game that's as complicated as this one. It's not that complicated, but it is definitely a step, step up from stuff like Battleship and mm-hmm. yes, uh, sure. a lot of other sort of couple games that come out. Also, this is something that Scott mentioned to me once. He really likes to bring this out with really broy type guys <laughs> uh, to say, this is a game about quilt making and you are going to quilt the living crap out of each other. <laughs> it's something that's, uh, that, that's really done a good job of, I think, bridging the gap between a lot of different kinds of players mm-hmm. at the cafe. Uh, is there anybody who you wouldn't recommend this for? More than two people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a really broad appeal, doesn't it? Mm, yes. Mm. All right, that's it for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. Lisa, Polly, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Happy quilting. <laughs> the SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hey, Mom.